0: Oh boy, <laughs> wow, that was a good start. That was a good Are start. you off to a great start. <laughs> Hello, hi. How's it going? It's going it's Saturday right yeah yes what well, Saturday is it Rachel <laughs> tell the people what they want to hear about. it's Anastasia Day yes. we're gonna go see Anastasia today we will have already seen it by the time you listened to listened yes this. so excited <laughs> dancing day I've been like singing the songs yes like all week we're just gonna scream it like we're at a concert and everyone's gonna stare at us like we're crazy song. no everybody's gonna be singing fuck yeah oh, we'll just judge them you. if they don't sing like really much <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing here second row no, I'm so excited. Like, we're on the very far left, but, like, if you want to, you can touch Dimitri. I, it's it's not, uh, what the fuck's his name, but I will still touch him. <laughs> Love me some Dimitri. You can't see us, but we're, like... Yeah, we're awkwardly creeping. Touching an invisible Dimitri. This is getting weird. Fast. He was, um, <laughs> growing up, I'm, 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 like, all of, all of the bad boys I've ever, I haven't loved many. Our little con man. Bad boys, but I was like, yeah, like I, I've always it's it's the snarky. He started the the we love that roguish boys like, <laughs> but you know has a heart of gold, yeah. and he doesn't change for you. He changes for himself, which is beautiful. <laughs> but then he still gets. Yeah, uh... I mean, <laughs> he still gets late. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> this is a non-Disney Disney. <laughs> It was only purchased by Disney, but that, in theory, that true. does make her a Disney princess. She is now a Disney princess, so, yeah. but yeah. She's the only Disney princess that matters. Exactly. She is <laughs> the grand duchess. Of Anastasia. Of Anastasia. Of Russia. Of Russia. Of Russia. She's the grand duchess of herself. I, I saw pictures of the Romanov family lately, like somebody posted. I saw that too. It was so sad. I know. It was so sad. Was also, okay, the way they took pictures back then, I'm like, this is creepy yeah where everybody looks like look, a dead doll. yeah you guys kind of look like dead dolls like it's a little <laughs> bit creepy like maybe breakfast the they used to do that in the victorian era they used to take pictures of, of dead like... people <laughs> yes it's creepy i thought they were like quote unquote in the head but i'm like okay. no they not. even took pictures of their like if their child passed away and they would keep the picture of like them no. being on presentation what display <laughs> yes it's a weird way it's a a little yeah (laughs) it's a little terrible i went to um in la i went to the museum of death a few years back yes and they had a a funeral parlor room um set up like the victorian era and you could actually see like what that display looked like it was very creepy nope (laughs) i worked at uh... The mummy exhibit out here at Science. Yes, Center. yes. That was immediately the most creepy thing I've ever done. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, and before I continue on that, you were listening to difficult dancers. Oh, yeah, this is a podcast about what? Badass, sometimes problematic, always difficult women from history. All of changes More often time. than not, it's yeah. just problematic women <laughs> yeah. from history. Yeah. Yeah, but problematic I'm... to who? I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, this one will be an interesting episode. It's I'm Rachel, awesome. by okay. the way. You did say that already. Did I say that? I said cat. Oh, anyway. Well, yes. now I'm twice over. Said what? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how to word? Uh, what are words? We're just listening <laughs> to this podcast where we don't even know how to word. What is the definition of a word? honestly Um. So it's funny you oh, should I mention. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to let the listener ponder the definition of a word. Yeah. Because I don't. But also focus the, off the top of my head. Uh, but speaking of working in that museum and like dealing with the mummy exhibit, I've been watching I just finished watching Moon Knight The fudges Oh yeah yeah Yes with, uh, with Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Mm, yes. Uh, no nope. Um <laughs> She owes me like fifty million she now. <laughs> he was very, very good in it. Um yeah. I'm not a big I'm I'm kind of oversaturated with Marvel and D C films, but um but it was it was a show. Yeah. I, I find I like the shows a little better. Because yeah. um, you can kind of I don't know, I like that they spend time on the kind of the side secondary characters that wouldn't yeah. like necessarily get much anyway. Yeah, like in the in the big blockbust, blockbuster hits <sighs> I can't talk. That's a good sign for today. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> but yeah, um it was very good. Oscar Isaac did a fantastic job. He's a good actor. Of um, He's, he's a very good actor. If you guys hear a dog whining in the background, it's my mom and dad's dog. They're here, and he's locked <laughs> up. <laughs> Poor Crockett, Of his own volition, okay? <laughs> he went up there with him. <laughs> yeah, one of the, I would say probably one of the best, um, like, Marvel-based shows I've seen in a while. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Dealt with um, the Egyptian gods, and it was interesting. At one point, you go into the Duat, which is... Um, Believe we're all. I don't remember if it's like the unjudged souls or the souls that are waiting to be judged. Yes, that's where they but end up. The, un, the ones that are are don't don't want to be judged are like stuck in the sand or something like that. I think so. Yeah, yeah very interesting. It's yeah. like their version of purgatory. That was the most untechnical way to describe it, that in the history. I of totally things. got what you were saying. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> so. And um, it was interesting watching it because um, I had just finished playing Assassin's Creed. Origins, and um, you visit the Egyptian um, afterworlds, afterworlds, <laughs> afterlife, afterlife. Like a theme park, <laughs> um, and you, you visit the Duat, and it was really interesting. I was like, oh, I've like I've been here, like I haven't been here, but like I've been, I've been here, guys. So, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, um, yeah Oscar, <laughs> hi Thor, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. He's just he was fantastic. He's I yes. I don't think. He's ever done like the same role twice. No, yeah. and in this case, he was essentially doing like two roles. Yeah, so it was great. Very good. I love when actors can do that. and You kind of forget that they're two, That they're one person. And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really. He was like two different characters. It was it was so good, and yeah. the way they like um showed his psychotic break. Um, pretty sure he has schizophrenia in yeah. the show, but it was just oh, it was so beautiful. Like it got me really emotional at one point. Yes. But so anyway, I know you've done well as a writer. <laughs> We know. are. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Moonlight. Even Moonlight. though we just spent a seven yeah. minutes of talking about it, it Moonlight. It's, like okay. Two. it's okay. It's okay. It's like <laughs> two. It's a good show. You should watch it. <laughs> so um, we are here to talk about difficult women from history. And I am, I've chosen probably the archetype. Yeah. The most difficult. <laughs> four difficult women that came before them all. I've chosen Jezebel. Hell yeah. The from Jezebel. the Bible. Yes. <laughs> So the name of Jezebel has become synonymous with feminine duplicity, scheming, opportunism, wickedness, and betrayal. So everything we trapped to be. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever a woman in history was perceived as deceptive, sinful, or immoral, she was often slapped with the moniker of Jezebel. Jezebel's story was immortalized in the book of Kings of the Hebrew Bible, serving as a cautionary tale for practitioners of idolatry and unchecked Feminine Influence and Power. Not the unchecked Feminine (laughs) Influence and Power. Oh, no, faint. (laughs) 2,400 years before Queen Elizabeth was excommunicated from the Catholic Church and called the Jezebel for practicing heresy. She's like, thank you. (laughs) 2,000 years before Eleanor of Aquitaine rode, bare-breasted with her ladies in the Second Crusade and schemed (laughs) with her sons to usurp the throne of England from their father, the King. 900 years before Agrippina the Younger schemed to murder her husband and place her son Nero on the imperial throne of Rome. 800 years before Cleopatra seduced Julius Caesar into securing her throne for her and murdering her brother. And 500 years before Olympias schemed to put her son, Alexander the Great, on the throne of Macedon, there was a queen in Israel named Jezebel. Hell yes! I just got chills. That is your introduction. (laughs) That is also your historical context. Rachel has set the scene in every (laughs) way. I can't do too much historical context because we're going back about... I think I had... Before historical context existed. (laughs) Yeah, we're going back like 25, 2600 years. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think think some of my dates were wrong. I think Queen Elizabeth. I'm not doing the math now, but you get the point. (laughs) you got amateur podcasting math. (laughs) We can't math. <laughs> anyway, um, a little disclaimer on the Bible: Jezebel's story was written for the Hebrew Bible two hundred years after her reign. It was a compilation on the history of the kings of Israel. Seeing as her story was recorded two centuries after her sandaled feet treaded the earth, take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, just a, a reminder: if you happen to have found this podcast episode because he saw the name Jezebel in the title and you're looking for a um biblical examination of her. This, this is not the, this, this we is, are not the ones. <laughs> no, this is not that. I'm here to tell a historical context of the character. Yeah. You are welcome to stick around if you want, but if that is not your thing, Hi. the door is over there. It's nice knowing you we wish you well on your way. Come back this next later. <laughs> We might have snacks for you. We'll definitely have snacks. My mom <laughs> just made chicken pot pie, so we're so going to have snacks. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> so this is the story of the historical figure that was Jezebel, queen consort of Israel. Although I will say the Bible never calls her a queen. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> but the power she displays um, within the stor- stories, yes. So it, it, it's pretty obvious she was a queen. Yeah just want to interrupt real quickly because I keep staring at the fact that the raccoon's toy's tail is no longer on the raccoon. And I just noticed it. Oh, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting Christ, there. It's terrifying. Oh, man. My, home, my living room is a murder scene. It's right there. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. I just... i don't <laughs> going to find raccoon. <laughs> that's terrifying. Guys, that's a toy. <laughs> so Jezebel was born sometime in the 9th century BCE. Because, of course, we don't know her real birthday. No. Well, I mean, you don't know anybody's real birthday when you go that far back in time. (laughs) Look, we can't even remember someone who wasn't that far back. We (laughs) do have an approximate death. Oh, okay. So Wikipedia puts her death at 852 BCE. The book Queen, Empress, Concubine, um, which is an anthology of about 50 different queens, empresses, and concubines puts Jezebel's death sometime in the year of 843 BCE. Didn't we um, scroll through that on one of our episodes? We did. Yeah. (laughs) I I had you pick. Yeah. And you picked this one. I did. You're right. Look at that, guys. This is all my fault. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I blame Kat. (laughs) So a few interesting things related to her name. Jezebel is the anglicized translation of the Hebrew name, which is um, pretty sure it's going to be Jezebel still, but it's spelled with like an i-z instead of a j-e-z i mean it might be isabel i don't know it looks like isabel it does but isabel. it's also hebrew so it might be like oh, isabel yeah. oh yeah that's the other disclaimer i'm gonna make i practiced for hebrew. a couple of hours she did yesterday <laughs> can't confirm <laughs> and I struggled more with um, some of the Hebrew names than I did the French names. So just <laughs> bear with me. Because you have to put a lot more on for Hebrew. And I'm about to do the first one. so Yes. Okay, do it. Her name roughly translates to Where's the Prince? What? Which was a ritual cry that could be heard in ceremonies honoring the Phoenician deity Baal. Baal was the deity that Jezebel and her family worshipped. He comes from a pantheon that was worshipped in the area of ancient Levant around what is modern-day Lebanon. Baal was the god of fertility, weather, rain, wind, lightning, seasons, war, and sailors. I just feel like (laughs) when we're, like, saying what gods are in charge of what, they just, like, picked out of a hat. And, like, the hat... (laughs) There were only so many guys, so the hat just went around the circle yes. multiple times, and they and they're, just kept picking. are like, the fuck is this? Like, what is... What? <laughs> and sailors. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't know why. Oh, um, man. So, Baal's Greek equivalent would have been Zeus, and his Egyptian equivalent would have been Set and Horus. Hell yes. Jezebel's name thus roughly translates to a cry of Where's the Prince? when Baal was absent in the underworld. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. Jezebel may not have even been the name she was born with. I was gonna guess maybe that wasn't the name she was born with because it's an interesting. It's. <laughs> I think it would have technically been like Jezebel. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that again because I feel like I butchered it, but okay, it's fine. <laughs> yes. So and <laughs> you tried. So in. In relation to that, it was apparently common for people to alter their given names to invoke the names of the foreign gods that they worshipped. Kind of wish a lot of people in our last couple episodes would have done that. <laughs> Baldwin, here's still looking at you. <laughs> as we'll find out, Jezebel came to ancient Israel at a time when it was converting to a more monotheistic religion that worshipped the one god known as Yahweh. Ugh. Monotheistic religions. I said that very wrong. Ruin everything. I'm not going to try to say it again. (laughs) So Yahwism, Yahwism. which is the religion, began as a polytheistic religion, which recognized multiple gods with Yahweh and his consort, the goddess, I believe it's Asherah, as the head of the Pantheon. During the Mid-Iron Age, which was from 10th to 6th century BCE, the religion underwent a series of revisions and recontextualizations to degrade the lesser gods in the pantheon. That's rude. These lesser gods included Baal and Astarte, and we'll talk about Astarte a little. I love bit how as they're well. just like we have our things out of the hat. Like you can't just say we don't. Like we, <laughs> yeah, we just these out we of we the just hat. These, like, these just are ours. It like at... it's not stone necessarily, but like it's pretty close. Like you're gonna need fertility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of excuse important. me, guys. <laughs> oh good. the final evolution of yahwism moved toward the sole worship of yahweh this form of worship was confined to smaller groups of people until the widespread political turbulence of the 7th and 6th century bce in ancient israel that led to its split of the northern and southern kingdoms oh. when the dust settled after this conflict monotheism had emerged as the state religion of israel People who worship the lesser gods were then called false prophets. Literally the one God, the new god, who's like, give me, give me those. Those are mine now. He's like, me. actually, I want everything out of that. He, he goes around with a hat, he's like, put them back. Put them back. They're mine. <laughs> Jezebel's foreignness and worship of the so-called false gods was the motivation for her villainization. Oh, Say like that five it. times fast. Not even gonna try that one once. <laughs> but yeah. So she, um, as we'll find she's out, she's like, no, you just made that up, like, no. <laughs> um, put those those. You uh, give them uh, back. Godly powers, like yeah. take them back out of the howl- yeah. howl- house. the hat, the house. <laughs> and give them back to their respective gods. Okay, they chose earlier. I was like, thanks, babe. <laughs> Jezebel was a Phoenician princess born sometime in the ninth century BCE to Ithbaal, king of Tyre. In the Bible, Ithbaal is labeled as the king of the Sidonians, which is what the writers of the Hebrew Bible had called the Phoenicians. You'll notice... There's so many names happening all of a sudden. <laughs> you'll notice that Baal is the name Ithbaal here. Yeah. So again, he took the name of his god. Okay, okay. That's um, kind of interesting. I like that. Also, I'm sure you're probably wondering, like, who the heck are the Phoenicians? Um, so... We have Matt. We have the Matt. So you'll be able to. We've talked about the Phoenicians before. We've talked about them. They will continue to exist for the next couple of centuries. Um, But if you've been listening to our Crusader Women episodes, you are already familiar with the area. Ancient Phoenicia consists of the area that would have been the county of Tripoli and the northern portion of the kingdom of Jerusalem. Phoenicia consisted of the cities of Tyre and Sidon. Directly east was the kingdom of Aram, which is where modern-day Damascus is, and directly south was the kingdom of Israel. Phoenicia, again, I think I mentioned this already, was in the area of modern-day Lebanon. By this point in history, the kingdom of Israel was split into two nations following the death of King Solomon. The northern kingdom was still called Israel and consisted of the cities of Jericho, Bethel, and the capital city of Samaria. The southern kingdom was Judah and consisted of the cities of Jerusalem and Bethlehem. All right, and we have maps. We have. I'll maps. show you at the end. Okay, <laughs> but you'll see them online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if Cat posts them. <laughs> <laughs> Jezebel's father Ithbaal was known as the priest king of Phoenicia. Interesting. Phoenicia. He came to power by killing the previous king and ending the previous dynasty. Well, that seems problematic to start. It's a little problematic. It's a rocky start. Yeah, but I mean... A He's of... like, he did. So this Hi. whole story is going to be about usurping <laughs> one dynasty and starting another. and Yeah. That's never a heavy lift. <laughs> Always so, super smooth. <laughs> Um, and also, according to the Jewish Roman historian Josephus from the first century, Jezebel was also the great aunt of Dido, who would go on to be the founder of the city-state of Carthage and its first queen. Dido, have you never heard of Dido? No. Yeah, she's um, she's an interesting like ancient powerful queen. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Is she on our list? <laughs> um, she's yeah, she's there. Okay. She's there. One day we'll get to her. One day, <laughs> along with the fifty million others I've mentioned. Right? <laughs> hey, job security. <laughs> During Ithbael's reign, he is said to have expanded the power of his kingdom as far north as Beirut and over to the island of Cyprus. Ancient sources speculate that Ithbael was a priest of the goddess Astarte. Astarte was the goddess of war, beauty, hunting, and love. Oh, I want to do an episode on her now. <laughs> Remember what I was saying? How I had, like, learned about a new yeah. goddess? And oh, okay, I then I won't like, take your yep, goddess. Yeah, she's mine. <laughs> she's not. Oh, God, I just kicked something. <laughs> I was so mad. Astarte was the Northwest Semitic equivalent of the goddess Ishtar, and her Greek mm. and Roman equivalents would have been Aphrodite and Venus. Okay, you want to know what's really funny? Ishtar is on my list, so. Maybe so we should you do could, them together yeah let's <gasps> do that i like it i'm down <laughs> we're just planning episodes in, on, in front of you guys <laughs> well um at, we'll talk about it probably at the end but we're going to be going on a little bit of a hiatus so yes. but we might we might have like a goddess episode somewhere in there. Hell yeah. but this is why Ithbael is generally referred to as the priest king having been raised by a priest king for the goddess astardi historians speculate this was the reason for the zealotry that Jezebel would go on to display in Israel. It's always something, it's the father's sins always, or the husband's sins. It's, well, it just, it's sins. just the idea that, like, the culture she was raised in, she was raised in a culture where religion and politics were very closely tied together. Yeah, hand in hand. And she would have been <laughs> her raised... Her father was a priest king. <laughs> exactly. And she would have been raised as a priestess herself, yes. which is why her gods were so important to her. I don't know why, but, like... When I hear the word priestess, it just sounds like so powerful to me. It does. It makes me happy. Yeah. Like it, I just I want to be a priestess. I, I've ever Well, you are now. I'll just all the gods. Be the priestess of the I'm gonna go talk about all the <laughs> gods. We are technically priestesses because we we uh, we talk about goddesses. We do. <laughs> we just. Named Mine is, ourselves Persephone. <laughs> Mine is Persephone. Minus Persephone. Yeah. Goddess of the underworld Hell yeah. and the bringer of spring. Mine's next because obviously <laughs> goddess of the night. We've done those episodes. You go listen. Yeah, go listen. (laughs) So speaking of Israel, (laughs) as we know, the purpose of women in the ancient era was as a commodity for bartering purposes to help secure alliances with neighboring kingdoms. (laughs) (laughs) Up to this point, the kingdoms of Phoenicia and Israel were said to have a friendly diplomatic relation with one another. The king of northern Israel at the time was King Ahab. So a little bit on King Ahab. By this point in history, the kingdom of Israel has been split in two for approximately 100 years, give or take a decade or two. It's said that Ahab was deeply concerned with healing the fracture this division of Israel had caused within his own people. He looked to the kingdom of Phoenicia in the north to help with this endeavor and to foster new trade relations to strengthen his kingdom. This alliance was also... um, could provide military aid if needed against the Assyrians. That's always helpful to have. The kings of northern Israel traditionally ruled from the city of Samaria during the 9th and 8th century BCE, which would have been in direct competition to the city of Jerusalem, which served as the capital of Judea in the southern kingdom of Israel. Um, I'll talk about it a little later, but the writers of um, Deuteronomy and the books of kings um, they were writing in southern, in the Southern Kingdom. Okay. So yeah, I feel like that's gonna cause a problem, but okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all stories are written by the victors. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> so naturally, the best way to secure the alliance of two kingdoms is through the marriage of a young girl. Ugh. And lucky for Ahab, Ithbiel happened to have an unwed daughter. Well, isn't that just lucky for everyone <laughs> involved except for her? <laughs> Eh, she does pretty well. Uh, okay, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't. Usually, I wouldn't. <laughs> she's the exception to the rule. I'm gonna say uh, you don't need to feel too bad for Jezebel. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, okay. at least at the start. Uh, okay, that just changed the story, before. right? Well, if you know how the story. <laughs> I ends. do. So. I was trying to be <laughs> mysterious. <laughs> so securing the hand of Jezebel would have been a huge point in King Ahab's favor and a diplomatic win. At the time, the Phoenician kingdom was more powerful and wealthy than the kingdom of Israel. So this is when Jezebel was sent south to marry the king of Israel. Jezebel's feelings about the marriage, naturally, were never recorded. Of course not. Why Why would she have feelings on? Another thing of note, King Ahab is one of the most maligned of the kings of Israel in the Hebrew Bible. Not only does he become an idolater because of his wife's influence, but he is also said to be easily manipulated by his wife. Fun. The Hebrew Bible suggests it was... Jezebel that introduced Ahab to her god Baal and then convinced him to introduce worship of the foreign god to the kingdom of Israel. Historically, it was the Phoenician practice to acknowledge Phoenician princesses as official priestesses of the goddess Astarte as well. Royal Phoenician women were thus used to a more active role in the religious policies of the kingdoms they were married off to. It was expected that any time a Phoenician princess traveled to a foreign country to wed, a temple would be provided for her to carry out her worship. So like her dowry? Or like her, yeah. her wedding it's gift? It's basically understood if you're going to marry one of our priestess daughter princesses, yeah. you're she's gonna let her... with a temple. Yes, she's she's bringing a temple She's got with a her temple her on a flatbed. She'll be there by the morning. several hundred <laughs> prophets as you're about to find out. <laughs> but the idea is you're going to let her practice yeah. her way of worship. That's good. That's part of the deal. You're not going to make her stop because you don't believe it. Exactly. <laughs> but this, She didn't choose to be married to you. This would have been a problem in the ancient kingdom of Israel where rural women were not expected to carry out any kind of active political or religious role in any capacity. Yeah, They were supposed to sit there and look pretty. Yes. <laughs> Before before Jezebel even stepped foot in Israel, she was already viewed as a meddlesome foreigner that would have been bringing false prophets with her. Oh my God, here we go. (laughs) True to her Phoenician roots, when Jezebel arrives in Israel, she does so in style, and she is not alone. It's stated explicitly in the Hebrew Bible that she brought with her 450 prophets that worshiped Baal, and 400 that worshiped Astarte. Yes. So, like, she has a huge. She's like, this is entourage. entourage. <laughs> that's a lot of mouths to yeah, feed That's too. a lot of people to talk to, honestly. No wonder she needs a temple. They need yeah, somewhere yeah. to live. She's like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> her husband's like, gonna tone that down a bit. <laughs> Jezebel brought these priests with her to court, integrating them into the aristocracy. To make matters worse, Ahab builds a temple to Baal in the city of Samaria, which was the capital where Jezebel was able to worship her foreign god and the king decided to worship at her side. Cool. I kind of like him. Should I not? Well, that's um, why he's maligned in the Bible. Yeah. Because he turned away from Yahweh. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) He decided to worship a different god. How dare he? So the thing I kind of want you to keep in mind as we continue this story is that Um, Jezebel is essentially a stranger in a foreign land with completely different customs and culture. And she left a place that was more welcoming of a multitude of different gods and journeyed to a kingdom that worshiped a singular masculine God that preached obedience. Welcome to every woman's problem in this time. (laughs) The biblical sources state that Jezebel was a fiery woman. She's described as being temperamental and proud and determined to destroy anyone that opposed her. She probably was just like, "Would you like to believe?" And they're like, "How dare you!" And that was it. Eh, mm, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so tell me the story, Rachel. So this is where Jezebel's arch nemesis emerges. Um, and if you're uh reading the Bible, this would be your hero. His know. name is Elijah. I already hate him. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Um, neutral and telling the story. I'm not. <laughs> but yeah. I will let you be the non neutral part of I will here. be the the adversary. <laughs> so Elijah was a Hebrew prophet that lived in the northern kingdom of Israel and was believed to be a miracle worker and a prophet, which I just said. It's but fact. I'm going to say it twice. She just said it twice. Get over it. <laughs> Listed among his special abilities on his player's card in the Hebrew Bible oh, no. <laughs> was the ability to perform resurrections and bring fire down from the heavens as a sort of avatar for Yahweh working through him behind the scenes. Nope. Don't. don't. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> you don't want his card mm, in your deck. Can I burn it with the fire that he brings down? <laughs> <laughs> but then you're getting rid of a card. I mean. You might need to play that hand later. Sorry. Uh, cards can be weapons i guess <laughs> elijah would have been working to propagate the presence and influence of yahwism in israel at that time but the problem was that jezebel's coronation upset the balance of power between yahwism and baalism within israel and it didn't help that king ahab seemed all too content to let his new consort co-rule beside him and make decisions for the kingdom Fucking dare he so a little random aside it is I just see the, ball, the all in the back <laughs> with his cards. These are mine. Can't take them. <laughs> the god of sailors, <laughs> these are mine. Here we are. <laughs> Little random aside, it is generally believed that Ahab had several wives as well, but all of them besides Jezebel remain unnamed, along with the children they would have had. Naturally. Jezebel's children would go on to become kings of Israel, and she herself would go on to wield immense power. Yes. So naturally, the prophets and writers of the time wrote about her because they hated her. Yeah, 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 (laughs) How dare she exist? Anyway, Elijah was not happy with Jezebel. Of course not. We're told in the Bible that it was Jezebel's influence over Ahab that convinced him to introduce worship of Baal into the kingdom of Israel. Worse yet, we're told that Jezebel's fanaticism led her to extreme tyranny, and she was the sort of woman who viewed other prophets as a threat to her own. This essentially meant that she had the prophets of Yahweh killed to prevent them from competing with her own prophets or to challenge their authority. Remember when we said some of these women are problematic? <laughs> well, again, who's to say what the timeline of that was? That's true. That's true. As we're going to get into. They probably forgot to mention the, uh, how it, when it happened in reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm sure... Four hundred, eight hundred years ago, or whatever profits that she brought probably dwindled in time. But she, I mean, we're we're not gonna like skip over it. She yeah. did, yeah. Supposedly, yeah. allegedly, sometimes have problematic. people murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Elijah was said to have been outraged by the treatment of his prophets, accusing Jezebel of every wicked crime in the book, from cold-blooded murder to idolatry. Which, of course. fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably did it too, Elijah. <laughs> are you reading my notebook? What? <laughs> no, I'm just kind of guessing off of a. Or do you history remember? Or no. Do you remember like um, Bible school? Yeah, that. Too. No, no, they don't teach that <laughs> in Bible school. We they are, don't. we are saviors. We don't, we don't. They didn't teach people. you the story? No, 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 no. Oh. Rachel, okay, well, I'll Rachel, teach it to you. We are. I will read you what I read on the. We internet. are the best. <laughs> We've never done anything wrong. Yeah, I would imagine you probably skipped the Old Testament. Probably, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were also children, so I mean, fair. <laughs> so, speaking of Elijah's role. In one of the stories we have from the Bible, Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to a contest on Mount Caramel to determine which of their gods was superior. You, that doesn't, okay. <laughs> and thus worthy of being the ruling religion of the kingdom of Israel. Or we could just... Worship them together. You on that side of the line. They me don't know on the how side. to do that. I'm aware. That's, that's not a thing here. <laughs> that's why Jerusalem's still at war. But <laughs> well, there's more to it than that. Yeah, there right. is. <laughs> we're not going to touch that. In this Obviously. <laughs> in the Book of Kings, we are told that the challenge put forth was to show which deity would appear before them all and light a sacrificial bowl on fire. What that? Okay. First of all, I have so many problems with that. Why? Why does it have to be a bull?
1: What does the bull do?
0: Bulls are very virile. The bulls I don't are like know. the fuck. The fuck, i just I just just want to make babies with cute cows. Like why are you? <laughs> I mean a lot of sacrifices with animals yes. are made. Wear. I'm aware. I'm aware. Even in pagan religion. I'm aware. I didn't say I agree with all of it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the 450 prophets of Baal were said to have tried to appeal to their god by crying out loud and cutting themselves before an altar. Only to be completely ghosted by Baal, who decided he just wouldn't show up. I mean, he was like, "I don't want to kill he's like, that bull." This shit, guys, leave the bull alone. Like, I'm here for sailors. Do you have a giant trout? Do you- <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with that Can bull? Can you give me a cool ship and I will uh, put some sailors on it? <laughs> but Elijah, Kat? oh God, what? No, Elijah had no issues. Of course, he did. <laughs> So when he approached the altar, he poured water upon the sacrifice in the altar and then began to pray. Yahweh was said to have answered his prayers with a firestorm from the heavens that fell upon the altar, setting it aflame. Just the altar, though. Well, I have so just, many questions. Just the altar.
1: Sure. He knew
0: where to aim. Uh-huh. Yeah, what, yeah. what are your questions? No, I just There's so many. But But what are they? So fucking many. <laughs> Like how did he know how to target the uh, altar? maybe Because the altar was an assumption. They, like, like, the they must have <laughs> had like ancient GPS or something. They probably had like metal spikes around the altar. <laughs> Shit. So it was lightning that struck the altar? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, naturally occurring lightning. Okay. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know though. <laughs> so the story poses two very different appeals to the gods. Jezebel's priests demonstrate a more emotional, wild, and almost animalistic ritual to try and appeal to their gods. Elijah's ritual is more stoic, and he utters a single prayer before his god appears before him. Everyone present for the challenge were said to have been moved by the miracle and proclaimed Yahweh to be the one true god. Following the challenge, Elijah ordered his people to seize and kill all the prophets of Baal and Astarte that Jezebel had brought with her. Excuse me. All of them. yeah, great. Do that awesome thing, and then just turn them. and make it terrible. The author of the Book of Kings condemns Jezebel for having ordered the deaths of the prophets of Yahweh, but sanctions Elijah's order to massacre the foreign prophets. Naturally. The author also writes that Elijah is rewarded for this act by lifting the drought that had been occurring in Israel. So according to the story, Israel had been punished with a drought for three years for having allowed the worship of Baal to permeate their kingdom. Following the death of Jezebel's priests and priestesses, the drought finally lifted. I love when we use naturally occurring things as, Mm -hmm. look, our God did this. (laughs) It's real great, guys. It's real great. (laughs) When Jezebel learned of the murder of her priests, she was livid and outraged. No shit. (laughs) And she warned Elijah that he would suffer the same fate as her prophets if she managed to get her hands on him. This is all happening in letters. So it's like very... All oh, mean-worded letters those letters work. have curled with how hard <laughs> both of them wrote on that paper. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine? Oh, okay. yeah, my quill broke. Do they use quill that gun? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah. From this point on, Jezebel established herself as Elijah's bitter enemy and uttered the fateful words recorded in the Bible. If you are Elijah, so am I, Jezebel. Oh yes. I also love how how dare she be mad about the murder of her four hundred and fifty friends. Well, she's but, she's <laughs> very ferocious and tempestuous and evil because Yeah, because yes. he murdered her friends. Anyway, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm making too much sense here. Carry on. <laughs> so um interesting thing of note here, this is the first time Jezebel speaks on page in the Bible. Oh. Okay. The whole time she's just being described. Yeah, naturally. She is in direct contrast to the other femme fatales in the Bible who are largely silent as women who had very little authority to speak up during this time. Um, Jezebel is the exception. Jezebel like pushes her husband aside. <laughs> Move, bitch. She does many Get times. out my way. <laughs> That's where the song came from. Move, bitch. Get, Get out away. the way. <laughs> it's believed that after her prophets were murdered is when Jezebel won on her own vengeful purge of the Yahweh priests. Elijah was so scared. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is the whole an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind kind of thing. Or bleed to death. Also (laughs) that. That too. (laughs) Elijah was so scared of the carnage that he fled the capital city for fear that Jezebel would do good by her word and have him killed. Yeah. After that, Elijah fled to the wilderness, becoming a hermit for a time. And he lamented over the fact that he was the only priest for Yahweh left in Israel. Don't worry. He'll be back. Ugh, that's not something I want to hear. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm. He's one of the prophets yeah. of the Bible. He started this. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't know. I mean, we don't know one way or another. But again, an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind. Yeah. So, yeah, It's great. Let people worship how they want. Fun times. In another of the biblical stories, Jezebel displays her ruthless cunning and disregard for her own people in the story of Naboth's vineyard. As the story goes. Ahab had his eyes on a mighty fine-looking vineyard that was just outside his palace in the city of Jezreel. That the dead vineyard! It has very plump grapes. Oh okay? my god, those grapes are delicious. Becky, look, look at, at those grapes. <laughs> oh my god, we just lost like five people right there. <laughs> they are like, oh okay. shit. If we're gonna lose people over that amazing then reference, then power to us. There's the door. Yeah. Jezebel's husband wanted to expand his own gardens and cultivate a vegetable garden in the place of the vineyard. What? Wait, hold on. He wanted a vegetable garden where there are grapes? Yes. Like he wanted to get rid of the grapes or he wanted to add on to the grapes? He just wanted the vineyard for himself so he could make a garden, okay? But there's already a vineyard there. But he wants a garden. Look at those grapes. We just did it. But he wants to. He wants carrots. Okay. He doesn't want. Carrots. I feel like there's other places you could make carrots. But he wants that one. Yeah, it girl, has baby carrots. Prime, somewhere else. Grape and carrot growing I don't soil. Even know okay, that that's a thing. <laughs> the point is, he wanted it for himself. He sounds. And terrible. this becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, yeah it's not great. Everyone. <laughs> so Ahab approached Naboth, the owner of the vineyard, with an offer to either exchange it for a vineyard with even more plumplier grapes, or to simply pay for it with a substantial sum of money. He's like, but why? Like, this is already established. Go we'll find <laughs> somewhere else to make your garden for your fucking carrots. Naboth refuses the offer, claiming that it was ancestral land and that the law forbade him selling land even if it was to a king, huh. which was the law in Israel. You can't sell family land? I believe so. At least Interesting. The time. That's cool. I like that yeah. When King Ahab was refused, it was said that his ego was so bruised by the refusal that he took to his bed without eating and fell into a depression over the next couple of days. Homie, you are, oh my god. He really wanted to build carrot. <laughs> he there. just really build wanted to build grow. my carrot farm. He <laughs> 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 just, really just really wanted them to wanted. Carrots. I wanted wine and I wanted carrots. I, I don't even think he wanted wine, I think he just was really into those carrots. When Jezebel found her husband moping and in bed, she was perplexed. (laughs) After hearing about the exchange Ahab had with Naboth, Jezebel was said to have mocked her husband by saying, are you not a king? From here, she vowed to do what her husband couldn't and set about securing the vineyard for them herself. I just imagine her husband laying in his bed like fucking dramatically with his like head back and his hand on his forehead. He's being fed the Naboth grapes. Yes. He's like these are actually really good grapes. He's like try them. She's like what are you doing? You're a cake. Like, oh, you can kidding. just take it. He's like but he said no. We're told that the scheme Jezebel came up with was especially vindictive and malicious. She set out to create a trap for Naboth and wrote a letter to the elders of Naboth's city in her husband's name, claiming that Naboth blasphemed against god and cursed the king i don't think he did that i think he just said no <laughs> <laughs> she's she's creating a forgery yeah in her husband's name so ooh, i feel like that the way you just said that sounds like it's gonna come back to bite her later well it's gonna bite one of them okay <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun party in the story she convinced two scoundrels to come forth with these false accusations so that the story could have some credibility the scoundrels are just like she offered us money and we're homeless pretty like, much and she <laughs> maybe, and she maybe. also promised us some of those tasty grapes yeah she did say that there were grapes involved <laughs> and we've heard great great uh, great many things about the navy's grapes <laughs> and the plan worked the elders agreed to invite nabith to a religious feast where the two scoundrels publicly accused nabith of treason Naboth was condemned with blasphemy by his own people, and he was stoned to death in the street. Okay, that's problematic. Yeah, you can't blaspheme against the god. Uh, But he didn't. (laughs) No, but she was convincing enough in her scheme, Kat, so... (laughs) I mean, I think it was the scoundrels acting. They're like, hi, we did that. (laughs) Sorry, Naboth. (laughs) You're great, you're great. Afterward, Naboth's corpse was said to have been devoured by dogs. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of devouring by dogs Those in this story. Those are dangerous dogs now. Wait. Like, <laughs> oh. Naboth's sons were also said to have been killed immediately oh, after. No. Presumably on the orders of Jezebel so that no member of Naboth's family could step forward with the claim that the vineyard was part of their inheritance. Okay. <laughs> you like, I can't cheer for that. I, there's nothing I can do there. I can't even spin that. I mean. <laughs> there's no spin to be had. That was terrible. We weren't there, so we don't uh, yeah, Okay, but like... Maybe the dogs just got hungry. Okay, but <laughs> he had to have died somehow. <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, the death of so, Naboth was like, okay, that happens every day, but like, killing his sons is kind of a So thing. here's, um, so I I read a couple of articles to put this episode together. One of the articles um, was called How Bad Was Jezebel by Janet Howe Gaines. And in it, she suggests that Jezebel may have actually been framed for the entire encounter. Uh If Jezebel was as maligned in her own time as the author of Deuteronomy suggests, it's very unlikely that she would have been able to coordinate such a scheme with the elders without at least one of them betraying her. That is true. So, like, this whole scheme requires several people to participate, whether knowingly or not. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's one of the things she pointed out. It's something you don't really think about. Yeah. If she had been so maligned, like, yeah. why would if they? nobody liked with her, with her, why would they? Yeah. Exactly. I'm so. sure, like, one of the, the nobles was like, I hate Naboth as much as you do. So, like, let's <laughs> He won't this. share his grapes. I really love grapes. He's a little stingy. And he's a little bit he's rude. Little... And so. <laughs> and he smells. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why not? Add <laughs> that in there. Uh... <laughs> and so the guy's probably like, she wants, like, girl. I got you. Let's do this plan. And the plan probably stopped at like, they take She's the like, vineyard. She's like, I'm going to create some wine and share it with everybody. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the plan stopped at like, like taking the vineyard. And then this guy was like, let's take it a step further. Cause I want me to be wiped from the earth. And Jezebel was like, okay. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's annoying me. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so a couple of modern interpretations of this whole story. So archeologists have conducted Several dig sites in the area to try and locate the vineyard from the story, and they do find an ancient winery discovered in the vicinity of an Iron Age military enclosure around the foot of Tel Jezreel. I was like, "How do you identify a you dig vineyard? You dig and you <laughs> find, find the grapes. <laughs> yeah, petrified grapes. You find petrified grapes. You Find yeah. raisins is what you find. <laughs> mm, tasty." Uh but the date of the vineyard they found conflicts with the event recorded in the Bible. It's been suggested that the vineyard found would have been built a couple hundred years after Jezebel, King Ahab, and Naboth existed. Both the story of Naboth and the story of Jezebel's conflict with Elijah speak to two political and religious conflicts that would have been occurring at this time of history in ancient Israel. The first was a clash between Israelite and Phoenician ideas of kingship, citizenship, and property. Jezebel was from a culture that acknowledged kings as having rights above the common man. Elijah's interference with her own religious practices and the murder of her priests and the refusal of Naboth to sell his property to the king were both examples of royal authority being openly challenged. In both stories, Jezebel is also the active figure in comparison to her passive husband. Feminine authority would have been incredibly unusual in ancient Israel. It is generally believed that for Jezebel to even have any authority whatsoever and any influence over her husband suggests that Ahab may have named her as his co-regent. Yes. This would essentially grant Jezebel as much authority over the northern kingdom of Israel as the king himself had. She's like, I'm down for this immediately. <laughs> I get all the grapes. <laughs> I want all these grapes. <laughs> Did you know that if you freeze them? No, kidding. <laughs> How do you freeze them in the desert? Shh, magic. <laughs> she is called a sorceress. Yeah. yeah. As we're going to so find perfect. out. So perfect. I see it. <laughs> so this is right around the time Elijah comes back into our story, after he receives instruction from Yahweh to find King Ahab and inform him of the Lord's displeasure. Oh God he returns from the wilderness I imagine him in just like really dusty robes and like he hasn't shaved in a while his beard is ridiculous it's got leaves in it his hair is all over the place I think there's a bird's nest in there (laughs) but he turns up at the vineyard to condemn King Ahab for committing theft and murder so you can say no to a king but and get killed but you know you say the king is terrible and different story because you said it under God's (laughs) name. I mean, he did commit theft and murder, according to no, the story. No, so... he did. But if a, if a king's going to get mad about it, you saying no to him, imagine how mad he would should be about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially because Elijah curses him. Oh, sorry. You can't do that. <laughs> he promises that his royal line will die with him. And he says to Ahab, in the very place where dogs lapped up Naboth's blood, Ugh. the dogs will lap up your blood too. Whoa, whoa. Okay, why is that how do you How do you call Jezebel a sorceress, but this Bulgarian a sorcerer? Elijah also promises Jezebel that her ruthless actions have damned her as well, proclaiming that a terrible death awaited her and that her corpse would be devoured by dogs in much the same way that Naboth's body had been defiled. Sensitive <laughs> theme. And it is dogs. It is lots of dogs, yes. The dogs are like, we're really nice. Like, like, We just wanted grapes. We were just thirsty. <laughs> There's been a drought. I thought it was wine. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of years after the events of Naboth's vineyard, King Ahab dies in battle while fighting the Assyrians. Mm -hmm. It was said that during his final battle, Ahab disguised himself so that he could fight without calling attention to his status as king. But as luck would have it, a random arrow ends up claiming his life and Ahab dies. Is that luck or is (laughs) that fucked? It's the curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> As we're going to find out. I think it's just a because it was arrow. Said that dogs... arrow. stop it <laughs> It was said that dogs came on the battlefield and lapped up his blood, fulfilling the prophecy of Elijah. The dog's like, what do you mean that wasn't why? <laughs> the Greek Old Testament takes it a step further and says that pigs also licked his blood, symbolizing his impurity to the Israelites, who abstained from eating pork. Where the fuck did the pigs come from? The, the Greek Old Testament. The pigs are like, here we are. <laughs> We're here on this battlefield. They're just like, they hey. just magically like go poof. <laughs> <laughs> There's more wine. wine. Join the dogs with the wine. The wine? Did you guys buy wine? From this man's body. <laughs> <laughs> i a really vivid picture here. King Ahab is remembered by the Hebrew Bible as being more evil than the kings before him and, the, and one of the worst kings that ancient Israel had ever seen. Is there like more to that story? Because like, how are you that evil? No, you stole a vineyard. He's okay. an idolater. I mean, he's terrible, because he. Didn't it's kill it's because he, but, I mean, idolaters are, known as it's like the first commandment of the okay. Bible: you shall worship no other god before me. Is that the first commandment? I of think the so. Bible? I, I think don't... it is. Well, Listeners, write us. I don't know. Why comments. don't you? Calculate? I'm a terrible cat? <laughs> I think it's the first one, and I think the second is okay. thou shall not commit murder. Huh. It is one of the commandments, yeah. so All right. that's All right. that's why. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, King Ahab is followed by his son, Isaiah, on the throne of northern Israel. I think it's Isaiah. I didn't practice Where that. Where is it? Where are you pointing? Right there. Oh. Sure. It's spelled weird, but it's Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> by the time Isaiah came to power, the alliance between Phoenicia and northern Israel brought the latter more military and economic success than it had seen in a long time. Okay, Rachel was right. You shall have no other gods before me. It's one of them. Number six is you shall not murder. So you were right, but you were also wrong. (laughs) Oh, well, story (laughs) really. But it's in there. Yeah. (laughs) So even though Israel was really successful now, um, naturally it had its detractors. And Elijah was, of course, chief among them. Oh, wow. (laughs) It did not matter to Elijah that the kingdom was more prosperous than it had been before if it meant that its soul was damned the author of the book of Kings wrote the following of Isaiah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the anger of the Lord God of Israel. That's just amazing to me. Like, look, I understand we're having a great time and like we're shining stars right now, but you guys also aren't worshipping always. So. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> like, everybody's fed and there's no murder in the streets, but you're worshiping the wrong dogs. The dogs are like, where's the wine? (laughs) (laughs) During Isaiah's reign, we're told that he reached out to the King of Judah to forge a lion, to forge an alliance and construct a fleet of trading ships. Isaiah was accused of the same crime as his mother and father, namely in worshiping false prophets and gods. And so for that reason, um, his fleet was set aflame before it could even set sail. I was like, "What did he steal?" <laughs> it's That's just tough. your fleet gets to go up in flames because you worship the wrong god. That's wow. I mean, not long yeah. after, Isaiah was said to suffer a fall from the roof of his palace. Oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Yeah. Um, Why are you on the roof? <laughs> he's trying to watch his ships. Like I'm trying burning. to see them pigs fly. <laughs> Isaiah sent his messengers to consult with Baal Zabub, which was a deity of prophecy worshipped by the Philistines, um, regarding his injury. Oh, I was like, before or after he fell? What's it, it was after. he. He's like, hey, I need your he help. He just broke a leg? Yeah. I, like, he, I think he broke like, his back. Oh, okay, Maybe his a little neck. More. He's probably paralyzed. Ow. He needs to consort with the gods. <laughs> <They haven't. laughs> but those messengers were intercepted by Elijah, who prevented them Elijah. from leaving and told them to tell the king that he would never rise from his bed again because he had sought out a God that was not the God of Israel. And true to Elijah's prophecy, too? Isaiah never rose from his bed again. Okay, you that's not prophecy. That's fucking fact.
1: That's yeah, a good like, educated
0: guess. You're worshiping the wrong God, so your prayers you are not going to be roof, answered. Like you're not going to get up. Probably ever again. <laughs> well, how tall is the roof? I don't know. You didn't include that. <laughs> it wasn't there in the Bible. <laughs> they weren't like, the roof was approximately two stories above No, the they should have included that. Yeah, that's an important oh, fact, guys. Gosh, shit. That could be the difference between like a broken leg and a broken neck. Yeah. Gosh, Bible. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> not in this testament. That was not actually intentional. That comes later. that was pretty great. <laughs> so true to a life. Jesus is like, what? True to Elijah's prophecy, Isaiah never rose from his bed again, and he dies less than a year into his reign, and he succeeded on the throne by his brother, Jehoram. Jehoram. Jahoran. I struggled with that sure. one, too. So where's Jezebel this whole time? She's just hanging out eating grapes. She's like, maybe She's don't walk living, on that living, living the best of her she life. She's life. still life. on grapes for life. Great. I'm really glad we didn't plant those carrots. <laughs> She's like, they are very they <laughs> are delicious. <laughs> Feeds it to the dogs. So it like, kind of tastes like that wine we drank. <laughs> so although Jezebel's first son's reign had been short, Jehoram would go on to reign as king for the next 10 years. And Jezebel was said to have wielded immense power in the northern kingdom of Israel as queen yes. mother. Her actions really aren't known at this time. We can just assume. Of course she not, was- because she probably did good yeah they're like "Mm, we can't that doesn't that's boring Mm, that doesn't fit the narrative there are no No, no. kids drinking blood on the battlefield yeah she (laughs) is evil what we do know is that jehoram did not worship baal as his brother and parents before him had he's like did you guys see how badly that worked out for you (laughs) and he even has the pillar that was built to baal removed the the pillar or the temple pillar temple whatever it was i wasn't there were you there you don't know you don't said know pillar that. online okay, okay. <laughs> despite this no fact <laughs> Jehoram would still be remembered for allowing the Israelites to continue their worship of the foreign gods that See? Jezebel had introduced is that so hard well they didn't like it because it wasn't Yahweh okay that uh, just <laughs> During the reign of Jehoram, the biblical stories tell us that Elijah had grown frustrated and desperate over time, fearing the Israelites would never redeem their idolatry. We're told that he approached the altar of Yahweh, saying, The people of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, torn down thy altars, and put thy prophets to death with the sword. I am alone left, and they seek to take my life. Ooh. Thanks to the intervention of Yahweh, Elijah was encouraged to anoint a new successor by the name... Of Elisha? No, the fuck not. Mm-hmm. No, like himself, or like a different Elisha? A different one, but this one's with an S S-O and maybe? "h." No, but it's you, Elisha. Elisha. it's Elijah and Elisha. Stop it. That's that's what it said online. I looked Stop up the it. pronunciations because I was like, "Is it Elisha or is it but, Elisha? Look, it's not really the same name. So technically, you can't only be mad. Have five names, and I spell them all since different. the beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Elisha, not Elijah. The first time Jehoram encounters Elisha is during the war of Israel with the kingdom of Aram-Damascus and was said to have revealed the plans of the enemy to Jehoram in order to get closer to the king. What? As this was occurring, the king of Aram-Damascus descended upon Samaria, the capital city of northern Israel, and besieged it. During the siege, the city suffered immense starvation and was said to have turned to cannibalism when their food sources were exhausted. That's wrong. You know, another punishment from. Yeah, yeah, God did that. I think it yeah. was you guys, but okay. Because they worshiped the wrong God. Uh, so they get to starve no, and eat no, each doesn't. other. I think it's the fact that you have us surrounded. <laughs> Outraged by having been duped, Jehurim sought to have Elisha beheaded. The prophet promised that the siege would be lifted soon to appease Jehurim and also assured the king that the city's food supplies would be replenished. I would imagine he probably said that like just make sure they worship, you know, this god and not that one, and then everything will be So Elijah's minded. saying that or Elisha with an S is saying that? Yeah. Elisha with an S is saying that. Elijah so this with random J is ass new gone. dude is yeah. like, hey, trust me. And yeah. Yeah. I don't he's like, You right. I don't have the answers for you, Kat it that? makes no sense to me either, but that's what did. it was written. You know what? I just think He looked like trust Elijah. This random stranger. So seems like a great idea um and then, and then like after everything was bad sure enough the siege is list- lifted Stop and it. elisha and Jehoram are reconciled they be a now? yeah fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> well sort of oh oh my god toward the end of his reign Jehoram made an alliance with the new king of judah and set out to retake the ancient city of rameth gilead from the kingdom of aram damascus but this battle goes bad, and Jehurim is shot through the heart, and you're to blame. I just spit out my coffee. <laughs> he shot with an arrow. You have to warn me. He's shot you're gonna through the heart with, the with song. an arrow. I wanted to join. <laughs> <laughs> and he withdraws to the city of Jezreel to recover. I'm sorry, he was shot through the heart with an arrow, and he's fine. No, he's dying. Great. Okay. And his people take him to the city of Jezreel. I guess that was the closest city. I see. Do you remember I like... what was by Jezreel? A certain vineyard? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It has been suggested that the Battle of Ramath Gilead was such a colossal disaster that it resulted in his own soldiers revolting against him. Well, Leading the revolt was his general, Elisha. Okay. <laughs> Not this time, but Elisha's there. <sighs> And it is here that Elisha makes his appearance again in our story. Elisha with a J. Elisha with an S. Shit. Elisha with a J is gone. I don't... Um, I didn't look at what like, happened. He's like, I've done what I needed to do here. I'm out. He's like, I'm gonna go sleep. Thor's apparently gonna go Maybe sleep. Maybe take too. some grapes along the way. Yeah, i us just take some of these. <laughs> these are pretty great, actually. <laughs> he probably didn't take the grapes. He was He was like, those were stolen. He's like, through these treasonous grapes. <laughs> So Elijah had inherited the zealous hatred for Jezebel that his predecessor, Elijah, had before him. Of course he did. In the scriptures, Elisha instructs General Jehu to massacre Jehoram's entire family save for Jezebel because Elijah wanted to save Jezebel for himself. That is disgusting. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, and I will take vengeance on Jezebel for the blood of my servants, the prophets, and for the blood of the Lord's servants. All the house of Ahab's shall perish. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, we're about to get biblical here, Kat. Holy crap. We're about to get Old Testament. Get ready. This is gonna be fun. When Jehu finds Jehoram, he claims that the revolt is the Queen Mother's fault. Do you call it peace while your mother Jezebel keeps up her obscene idol worship and monstrous sorceries? She's like, I'm literally in my own room, it. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> These words in the Bible immortalize Jezebel as a whore and a witch. Ironically, Jezebel is never once described as being unfaithful to her husband in the scriptures, yeah. nor does she really display any kind of witchcraft well, outside of worshiping a You don't have to God. actually be the things that the men make here like... <laughs> fair you just have to be strong and independent and here you are terrible in an ironic twist of fate when Jehoram dies his body is thrown into the field of Naboth, which had been the vineyard that jezebel and ahab had stolen years previously like someone was like throw him there do it on purpose yes <laughs> <laughs> following the death of Jehoram, a messenger raced off to the royal palace to warn jezebel that her son had been murdered and that the conspirators were coming for her Presumably, the warning is so that she can run away and escape the violence coming her way. But does Jezebel run? No, she's like, burn it. I got my grapes. (laughs) (laughs) She's got her grapes. No, grapes give me superpowers. She does not run. And in a scene that recalls the final moments of both Cleopatra and Agrippina... Jezebel was said to have prepared herself by lining her eyes with coal and putting on a formal wig. Yes. It was then said that Jezebel positioned herself in a window so that she could watch for the approach of her would-be assailant. When Jehu turned up outside the palace, he found Jezebel at her window. The stories tell us that she taunted Jehu, shaming him for being an assassin. Yes. Biblical sources... say a very good assassin? Because he's like, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, okay, bring it. He <laughs> wants her to know. yeah, yeah. But she also wants him ass- to know that she You're knows. not an assassin at that point. You are a murderer. <laughs> it's just her way of saying yeah. Yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you're a murderer. Yeah. Biblical sources suggest that by putting on makeup and a wig, she was attempting to seduce Jehu. Contemporary interpretations, though, suggest that she was putting on the armor of her femininity and preparing herself to die as a queen. That's war paint, girl. <laughs> exactly. And she was putting on her war paint. That is our war pants. <laughs> Justice Cleopatra wanted to craft her own exit. From the pages of history so too did jezebel um so from here on out uh it gets ugly past. old testament violent it gets it's not great so if you want to skip about a minute ahead you can um because it's it's pretty violent so jehu was said to have shown zero pity or mercy towards jezebel and he instructed the three eunuchs in jezebel's entourage to throw her out the window what her blood was said to have splattered against the walls of the palace, and Jehu instructed the men around him to trample over her body oh. with their horses. Oh, my God. Okay, Tia, Old Testament is very violent. Oh. Elijah's curse recorded in the Bible was thus fulfilled, as dogs devoured the flesh of Jezebel, and Jezebel's corpse lay like dung upon the ground. What? so you keeping these dogs. like So that no one would be able to say, this is Jezebel. Ugh. That's true. Jehu entered the palace after this point, taking the time to eat a meal and have a cool drink to wash away the stain of the murder. Dude, fuck this guy. Afterwards, he ordered his servants to finally bury Jezebel. Ew. When they found her, they discovered her flesh had been eaten by stray dogs, and all that was left of her body was her skull, her feet, and the palms of her hands. That's weird because dogs can eat both, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> They just ran off with the different pieces. Oh, they tore true. her apart. That and then being trampled by the horses. I just feel like these dogs have a <laughs> nuisance. I mean, probably do something about them. You're not you upset have, with uh, Jezebel's death. You're just like, dude, we have some like Cujo I mean, dogs I knew, running around. I knew Jezebel's death was coming. I didn't know that these dogs were eating people left and right.
1: It's not wine anymore.
0: They're hungry, apparently. Oh, Jesus, feed the dogs. Feed the dogs. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Jezebel ruled as queen mother for 10 years following the death of her husband and yielded unprecedented power in the wake of her husband's death. Because of her influence, she would go on to be remembered as one of the wickedest women in the biblical scriptures, and her name would be synonymous with harlot, sorceress, and idolater. She is also associated with false prophets, deniers of God, and fallen women. But the story of Jezebel was compiled 200 years after her death by 7th century BCE writers that were trying to propagate a theology that promoted monotheism over paganism. Um, And a little bit of biblical context, her story appears in the seven books from Deuteronomy through Kings 2. These sections of the Bible describe how the Israelites settled in Israel, describes the reigns of its kings, the split between northern and southern Israel after Solomon's death, and how the people of God had gone astray during their idolatry. Thus the responsibility for the spiritual decline of Israel was placed squarely on the shoulders of a woman from a foreign country with different religious beliefs and the audacity to rule beside her husband. She was a very easy scapegoat. Yeah! The biblical stories like to suggest that it was Jezebel's influence over her husband— And scheming pillow talk that convinced King Ahab to introduce the worship of Baal and Astarte to the Israelites. What they fail to mention is that many Israelites were already practicing paganism and idolatry long before Jezebel's arrival. She thus became the perfect scapegoat for those that wished to focus their hatred and blame. Another interesting thing of note is that the writers compiling her story were writing in the southern kingdom of Judah which had its own adversarial relationship with the northern kingdom of Israel. Historians and historical theologians often point out that those writers wrote from the perspective of monolatry. This was a belief in multiple gods, but the consistent worship of one deity above them all. Jezebel's family just happened to worship the wrong one, and so were demonized for it. When Christians adapted the story of Jezebel in the Hebrew Bible into the Old Testament, They added a sexual component to her wickedness. Christians of the medieval era associated the name Jezebel with promiscuity and the use of makeup was referred to as a vice and a sin. Oh my God. So um, in another one of the articles that I read, it was by Athalia Brenner um, for the Jewish Women's Archive. She says that Jezebel is contrasted in the biblical text in a direct juxtaposition to the prophet Elijah. They both literally mirror each other. (laughs) She is Baal's supporter. He is Yahweh's supporter. Jezebel is a woman. Elijah is a man. Jezebel is also a foreigner, whereas Elijah was a native. As a woman, a pagan, and a foreigner, Jezebel represents the trifecta of otherness. Wow. Nathalia also writes in her article that ultimately... The same passages that disclaim Jezebel as evil, whoring, and immoral are witness to her power and the need to curb it. The irony of the story of Jezebel is that Elijah accused her of causing the spiritual decline of Israel and warned that if people continued to follow her family, it would herald the doom of Israel. But what his so-called foresight failed to see was that it was the Phoenician alliance that strengthened Israel. Yeah. Following the murder of Jezebel's family, Elijah elevated Jehu to the status of king. Jehu established a dynasty that would last for nearly a century. But following the purge of Jezebel and her family, the Phoenician alliance never recovered. And when the Assyrians came for Israel in 721 BCE, they were completely alone, and the ancient kingdom of Israel fell. Ooh, it's cold. <laughs> and and that of... is the story of Jezebel. Really glad you mentioned the fact that they, like, made her into this like harlot I'm like, keep calling her a harlot. Yeah. She's I've not heard anything. She either, like, like even remotely there was no prostitution. Um she <laughs> appears to have been faithful to her husband. Yeah. But it's but you gotta make her she listen she wore red lipstick. Oh my god the in red the lipstick. harlot shade. The and lipstick. that's where that word comes from. Not the red lipstick <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I could rock red lipstick. Like I can't. <laughs> um, it has to be the right shade. I can yeah. do it. But. That's, that's crazy. That's the story. That is insane. Yeah. Oh, I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, so I'll go over the sources for this episode. Okay. Um, The book Queen Empress Concubine by Claudia Gold. Um, the Wikipedias. The Wikipedias. Encyclopedia Britannica. Good book. A Jewish woman's Archive article called Jezebel Bible by Athalia Brenner and then How Bad Was Jezebel by Janet Howe Gaines from biblicalarchaeology.org a note on that final source Uh uh, biblicalarchaeology.org is not a Christian source it is a um, more academic source that attempts to um, just tell the historical context of the biblical figures Yeah, and it's um, in the article it has a comment thread Oh no. And I went down the rabbit hole of that oh, comment thread and no, there I bet that was entertaining as hell. A lot of what I'm assuming are like very old no, there were some women too, but like very angry um Christians that were oh. just like oh. The the writer I know you bring facts forward. The writer of the article is just as bad as Jezebel because she is denying God. Thank you for that. Talking. I was just it was really interesting. I was going through I reading the know. comments and you get it from both sides, and I was like, I've been here an hour. Holy shit. I do that with at work all the time. Yeah. Oh god, I can imagine. I do that at work. work. I'm like, yeah. This has nothing to do with what I'm working on, but like, damn, this is fun. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, you can go find that article online. Yes. Um, it was a very, very good informal. Article too. Oh, yeah. So, and the the website does say they're like we are not a Christian website. Yeah, um, if we're not you were to bring in your Christian bullshit, well, they say it more tactfully. Look, they're I, they're just like if you're here for that, like you're you're in the wrong place. Yeah, this is not the place. And for a years. lot of people were in the wrong place. Just like when we say <laughs> if you're not here for our quick witty banter and me interrupting constantly you're and lots, in lots of cat talk, place. yeah, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, oh man. Pictures. pictures. So. This is the, the kingdom of ancient Phoenicia. So Oops. there's Acre and um, Tripoli. Oh, yeah. And I think Beirut was there. But yeah, Damascus is there. So that okay. gives you an idea. And this is um, the ancient kingdom of Israel. So you have Phoenicia, mm-hmm. Aram, Damascus, Israel, 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 Israel. <laughs> Judah, Phyllis, Phyllis, yep. that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put Max on we'll on put Max. Map. you can read that word yourself <laughs> this is one of the paintings it's um by john liston byam shaw from the 19th century I love it. showing her being vain which is never really present except yeah. at the end when she puts on yeah her war paint um i think this is at the vineyard of Naboth. Oh, okay and then just another yes so yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a good episode. I you, it. you picked it. I enjoyed it. Good. I mean, it was on the list. <laughs> it was gonna happen eventually. to like, those grapes. It just seemed like the perfect time. I have, have another. Read, but... I have another biblical figure that um, I would like to cover at one point because I was reading the pages in that book and I yeah. was just like, "Oh, this is just like Agrippina." Yes. Like, ooh, I was just like, <laughs> damn!" All right. Well, on that note. Random question. Random question time. Who is your favorite Disney princess? Well, uh, it's going to be on theme with tonight's (laughs) venture Anastasia. Anastasia! She is technically an acquired Disney princess, but. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So technically, she wasn't a Disney princess because she, um, the animation studio was, I think, owned by Fox initially. Sure. And then Disney bought out the studio. Yeah. So she's officially a Disney princess. She's been crowned. Disney princess. Why do you like Anastasia? Because she's not like a damsel. She's a difficult damsel. She, she's not a normal she damsel. Is. She, yeah. She's so snarky. She has snarky. her damsel moments, but she is so she's goddamn snarky. She's so <laughs> snarky. She, like... And I just love that she doesn't put up with Dimitri's shit. She's like, yes. fuck you, Dimitri. Like <laughs> She's not just, like, all moon-eyed over him. I love their banter. Like, that's what I want in And <laughs> I love that she fights Rasputin. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody comes Yeah, I mean, Dimitri, Dimitri tries really hard to come down. Dimitri to the t- tries to save her, I but mean, she Dimitri's ends up. She's taken out by a stone pegasus, but it's poor. poor <laughs> she money. ends up having to save Yeah, she's Dimitri. like you're useless. <laughs> um, yeah, I always love that movie. It has an amazing soundtrack, yes. which obviously, because I turned it into a Broadway show. Hell but yes. Yeah. We're going to listen to that in the car on the way there. Dancing back. <laughs> Wings, I think you did that backwards, didn't you? Things no, you didn't. <laughs> I almost remember.
1: Get yeah, a girl.
0: And a song. Someone <laughs> sings. Once upon a December. Alright, well we're gonna leave you off that note. That's gonna be great. You're welcome. They probably already left. Yeah. They're, they're not like, here anymore. Oh my god, no. <laughs> like, and they're singing again. Oh shit. <laughs> but yeah. Our album comes um, out next Tuesday. <laughs> just to give you a little heads up. Um, cats what? has a lot of exciting stuff going on. Yeah, I don't and know. I got a lot of busy stuff going on. <laughs> so we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. Yes. Um, we may at some point drop a goddess episode, but it, yeah. it may be a month or two before we pick up again. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, technically it's yeah. only like two episodes for you guys, but I know it's going to be a long time. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to start. I have my book. Yeah. got it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You but don't get to know. <laughs> I'm excited to um, learn myself. Learn all the things. And yeah, we will see you in. See you. We will talk to you. Talk at you. We'll talk at we'll you. We'll talk at you to each other <laughs> in a in a month or two. Yeah. So Just uh, just bear with us. We got yeah. a lot going on and go back and listen to all of our episodes. Exactly. <laughs> They're so fun. Maybe not um, like the first couple, but yeah, yeah. No, listen to the first couple. They're entertaining so. as <laughs> well. For trying to figure out our yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and stay difficult. Stay difficult.